0: What's up, family? Joe B. from Crusher Cast here. Um, I, have ex- I have a super exciting topic cast to do for you guys tonight. I've, I have assembled my panel of experts on the subject of love. Everybody here is an expert on love,
1: right? But yeah. you say expert? Yeah, yeah. You qualify as that- I think you're misguided, sir. Okay, okay. Well, we'll give it a shot then. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, I've got Jesse, Nikki, and Colt with me, um, and what we're going to do, we're going to talk about love. The first episode of Topic Cast, we beat the hell out of the subject of fear, and as far as I'm concerned, the diametric opposite of fear is love, and so <laughs> tonight, we're going to talk about love. Um and right now, we'll just go around and we'll just let everybody introduce themselves. Uh, Nikki, you want to start? You want to tell us who you, who and who and who you are and what you're up to?
2: Well, my um, name is Nikki Shanks. Um, I am a Potter Weaver educator. Um, my master's degree is in fine art, so pretty much anything that has to do with making whatever fibers, clay, paint. Um, I'm pretty much willing to figure that out. And then when I'm tired of that, I go into the garden and uh, grow a vegetable or something. Right. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty much me. Um, other than that, uh,
3: I just have my two dogs and my husband who keep me busy. So I have, if we, I actually have some of your stuff right here one of your Oh, yeah, there's there's there's
0: one of my incense burners. my, my custom incense burner you made for me. Um, what about you, Jesse? What are you up to?
4: Well, my name is Jesse Knooy. Um, soon to be Knooy. Um, uh, yeah, soon to be. Um, I am a treatment counselor and I'm also a business owner. Um, yeah. I'm a wife, a mother. Um, I make masks. I'm a mask maker. That's kind of what I'm up to these days.
0: Well, cool. Well, thanks. Yeah. Well, welcome. What about
1: you, sir? I am Cole Brocato. Uh, I do factory work, as I know you are aware of, and you are in the same boat with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the factory work that I do regrinds drills for like major air company, or, uh, airplane companies like Boeing and things like that. Mm-hmm. which has been slow here lately but regardless um other than that i am a part of two different podcasts raised on the radio and cerebral entertainment podcast uh-huh. on a network that you might know a little something about no what what, what no I never heard of it no no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no but they got great logos Ooh.
1: they do
3: <laughs> all right so like i said Topic is love. Um, I am. This is an area I am.
0: I'm eager to learn from you guys um, because I have no clue. I know. I know. I have concepts of what love is, um, <clears throat> and we've all grown up with many different concepts of what love. There's different concepts of it. There's different experiences, and if I could ask a hundred people, and a hundred different people are going to tell me a hundred different definitions of what love is for them and how it manifests for them. Uh, you know, you got first love, parental love, the love of your fellow man, uh, the love of your, your Corvette, the love of your dogs, you know, um, but there's also deeper, deeper, deeper levels and, uh, things that are much more global, um, that exist. Um, but we'll start with a definition
3: from Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster says, love is a
0: noun, a deep and tender feeling of affection for, or attachment, or devotion to a person or persons. Or, it is an expression of one's love or affection. Or, a feeling of brotherhood and goodwill toward other people. And then it goes on in, in that same definition to say, Strong liking for or interest in something. A strong, usually passionate affection for one person, person, person for another, based in part on sexual attraction. Um, and then it also mentions, which is one that I really like, uh, love as a deity, as in Cupid, Eros, or as the word interchangeable for God. The origins of the word love. Comes from the Middle English word "luff," derived from the Old English word "luffu." This is akin to Old High German "luba" and another Old English word "leof," which means "dear." Uh, another word related to love, lubir or libir, comes from comes to us from the Romans. This Latin word means "to please." In all words related to word love, roots relating to dear, pleasing, and cherished may be found, hinting at the deeper transcendent meaning of the modern word. Um, And then I'll just give a quote or two here. Um, A guy named Johnny Harris says, If I could completely rid myself of self, I would automatically be full of love. I like that one. And then, Jesse, you were talking about Mother Teresa just a minute ago, and it's so funny that you did that because <laughs> I had you, you came to mind when I pulled this one. This is a quote from Mother Teresa. Love cannot remain by itself. It has no meaning. Love has to be put into action, and that action is service. Whatever form we are, able or disabled, rich or poor, it is not how much we do but how much we love we put in the doing. A Lifelong Sharing of Love with Others. And that was Mother Teresa. Um, And then this one's anonymous, and I really like this one, and then we'll jump off after this one. Love is giving someone the power to destroy you and then trusting
3: them not to. (laughs) So with that being said, we've all got those
0: first loves in school and stuff like that. Um, I can remember the first time a girl had a crush on me or I had a crush on a girl. I I was, I believe I was in first grade. I chased, I was in love with her. And what love looked like then was I chased her around the playground and I punched her in the arm, you know, and uh, thank God I didn't carry that into later life. (laughs) But, but I know the first Concepts of what I would consider real love that I have are coming from my parents, my mom. My mom has always just been, when I think of the word love, the first person I think of is my mom. Um, We'll start with you, Nikki. What, What, growing up, what, when did, if you think back, when did you start getting a concept of love and from where do you think maybe you got that from?
3: Um, well, I grew up on a farm,
2: and so I had a lot of animals around me. We had um, cows and chickens, and um, bunnies and dogs. And so I remember whenever I would wake up every morning, I would boil all the nipples for the bottles that would go out to all the calves every morning. And then we would, we would go out as a family and we would feed them and it was a whole it had to be a whole family excursion because there were a lot of cows to feed and um i loved those moments because i watched my family help each other do their job so then they could go do their next job and that time spent together is one that you know if you've just never experienced anything that it was love it was Watching my family work together it was watching the, um, the nourishment of, of animals and life and just having that time together. And that's where I would really remember, you know, being like from the age of four on, just being with my family. And we just always had lots of time together, dinners together you know, just day in and day out, we, we were together. And I still try to share those moments with my friends now, you know, getting close to 40. I had a, a pizza making night with friends the other night and made everybody, I made pizza dough and I made everybody go around and we grilled pizzas outside and, you know, and just shared the love of food and friends and family with each other. And I think it's that gathering and that working together and that nourishment that I noticed it, you know. I mean, it seems like with that time, you really find love with your family.
0: Yeah, I, I love that you use the word nourishment because <clears throat> my mom was a stay-at-home mom and southern mom, you know, and and everything was related to food. But it but there was so much love. I mean, everything that you ate, she did with her hands, and and if I skinned my knee as a kid. She she made me something to eat and and there, there was the food was nourishing but there was something so much more that attention that she gave me and that love and that everything was going to be okay. Um, I carried that into later life, thinking that it was the food part of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was that was making me feel better and stuff. Um, that's cool. I love that you use that word, um, Jesse, What about you? What growing up? How. How did how did love manifest for you?
2: Um
4: so like my first, I think my first experience of love, like real, true, wholehearted love, was with my grandmother. Um, I was really, really close with my grandma. All of us grandkids were. And uh, you know, instead of going to the babysitter, we went to grandma's house every single day. And she was just um like for your younger viewers, they won't know who Ward and June Cleaver are, but you do. Right. (laughs) So she was like June Cleaver and, uh, she was just amazing. You know, she, um, everything she did was love. Like she just had the warm smile and, you know, embraced you when you walked in the door and really made me feel important. And, um, you know, she, like I, I can totally relate to the food thing, you know, she made us breakfast, lunch and dinner and she just would take us and buy us toys. But more than that, like, um, she was just that, she was that warm, safe space for me when I was a kid, you know? So oh. that was, that was, she was definitely my first experience of, of, uh, that warm, true love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I like
1: that. What about you Colt? To be honest, this is kind of odd for me. So like, as far as love itself goes, I'm probably more finding out like what I really think it is now Mm -hmm. within like the circle of people that I choose to have around me and my wife Mm -hmm. and getting closer with my family. Like growing up was a little different because like I had a dad who worked swing shifts all the time. He was rarely ever home. Didn't really make it to a whole lot of stuff that I did. Uh, you know, but I also had like a mom that wasn't like overbearingly loving, but was very, a very loving mother. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't ask for better. Uh, so, but there was a little bit of distance in the home because of different work schedules and all those kinds of things. Uh, so not only did I not see him a whole lot, but you know, my parents didn't see each other a whole lot either. So like, as far as like getting that real, Essence of love, I guess, when I was younger, I didn't really feel it a whole lot besides from my mom um you know, going through relationships. I think that hurt me a little bit growing up because I was finding different ways to react in relationships, like should I be overbearingly loving like my mom was with me, or should I be more distant like my my dad was with me, uh-huh. and I kind you know chose my battles and Uh, I mean, I finally found a woman that is here for good, so that's a good thing, but it took, it took a, it was a long road to get where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I can relate to the dad thing. My, uh, well, my real father took off when I was like three months old, but the, the father who raised me, the only father I knew at that point, um, he was a working man, you know, but, uh, he, (laughs) his job ended when he got home from work. You know, he was in his chair and he was watching TV and he watched his news and his coffee was there sitting waiting for him. And, um, you know, th- there were some cool memories early on. But once I got of a certain age, it was, you know, get away from me, kid. You know, I'm tired, you know. And uh, <clears throat> I found out much, many, many, many years later that. That he was that way because that's what he was taught. I mean, he was, there was no love in his home growing up as a child. And so he didn't know how to, commu- he can't communicate something that you've never had contact with, you know? And, uh, um, I struggled with that too, in a lot of ways. And I still do sometimes, you know, if I'm putting, f- if I'm paying the bills and I'm putting food in the fridge, I'm showing you love. Dang it. Why do we got to cuddle? You know, <laughs> I don't want to watch a movie, you know? Um, <laughs> um, which, which, which brings me to another point. Um, uh, I know Jesse, you said that you, you're, you're working with some, uh, people trying to put their lives together and stuff like that. Do you, Mm -hmm. do you see that present, that lack of that love early on in a lot of the clients that come through?
4: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's definitely, um, there's definitely that. And, you know, it's, uh, I can remember being where they're at you know? So, um, you know, I get to be that for them. I get to see them bigger than they see themselves and I get to bring that to their attention. Um, yeah, there's definitely though, there's, there's definitely a pattern, um, with the people that I work with and with me, you know? Um, so I love that I get to be that for them. I get to be love, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world most of the time. Cause you know, they fight like I did. So
0: <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. My, my house was the safe haven when I was a kid. Cause my dad was always working and my mom was just, you know, the, the June Cleaver, the Edith bunker, you know, and all the kids would come, we'd watch cartoons and she'd make sandwiches for everybody. And we could, we could spit and cuss and be little boys, you know, and she just loved us, you know, and all the guys still, Hey, how's mom? You know, I am going to come down
3: and see mom, you know? Um, yeah um so in this world today
0: (laughs) there seems like we could use a little more love in certain areas you know so um we've we've kind of touched on the the love the obvious
3: love but maybe maybe let's take a look a little a little deeper um the Dalai Lama said, real love
0: is not based on attachment, but on altruism. In this case, your compassion will remain as a humane response to suffering as long as beings continue
3: to suffer. Um, I don't know who, it was a lecture that I watched on YouTube year, a few
0: years ago, and I can't remember what the guy's name was. And but he was talking about raising the raising the level of love around you by being love um, so like in a treatment situation or um <laughs> it seems a little easier in those situations for people who are desiring love and and wanting to finally feel love and experience love. they don't know that's what they're wanting to experience you know when they're new but I started trying to practice it at work, you know, and it's not like I'm going around hugging all my guys at work and stuff like that, but just being more compassionate of their situations, you know, and just starting there. Um, Colt, do you, I know, I know in the factories, you know, it's just like on the construction side, you ain't talking about love, you know, you might be talking about lust or something like that. But, um, in that context, do you see maybe some opportunities in the workplace where just being love or being a little more compassionate to those around you could actually elevate the whole shop?
1: Absolutely. I mean, in a lead position or a supervisor position or anything like that, the interesting thing about factory work is you have so many people. So there you have to adapt to everybody's different personalities and all those kinds of things too. So yeah, I mean, you, whether you consider it love or not, like, uh, I guess trust would be more, I guess the long lines of what I'm thinking of, but I mean, the, the more that anybody trusts you, the more they're going to invest, the more time they're going to invest, the harder they're, the harder they're going to work for you. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I, I guess love intertwines in that too. You know, I mean, you're with these people more than you're with your family most of the time. So, I mean, you got to have, whatever you consider love to be, you've got to have that there for those people around you or it's not going to work out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, I I guess that's where like a a course in miracles says that there's only two things. There's only fear and love, you know, and that's kind of what I, where I come from. So I guess I should have prefaced that by saying that, but uh, yeah, any, any time I'm, I feel like anytime I'm showing compassion to another person um, for their situation or, or, at least trying to understand their situation, you know, and I can shut off my judging machine, you know, um, that, that's showing love, you know, and that, that'll let that grow a little more. Um, William, William Gladstone said, we look forward to the time when the power of love will replace the love
3: of power. Then will our world know the blessings of peace. um, Nikki, I know that you, I know that you, uh, you do you practice yoga and uh, some meditation to some to some degrees. Um, wh- what do you what do you think the impact of if everybody
0: took the time to do that at least in part, either, whether it be the meditation or the yoga or both or some kind of practice like that? You, how much? How much do you think that that allows the individual to go out and show love and maybe elevate it, those around them?
2: Well, I mean, I think the world should should find yoga and meditation, and um, I usually find it in traffic the most. Just whenever I <laughs> yell that at people, I'll be like, "You need yoga," you know, and they usually don't get it, but it makes me feel better. Right. But I I think it's important to. Um, I think it's important to find a love and understanding for yourself physically and mentally and emotionally. Um, And I think meditation and yoga, like go together for all of that. And, um, you know, you brought up how the Dalai Lama mentioned that we, you know, the act of letting go, the act of detachment. um, I think that's a big deal for, for human beings because we can get attached to a lot of things and we can let those things really drag us under whether that be a material thing or a person or whatever, whatever, whatever concept. it is. Yeah. You know, like this is what I said I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. And it's going to go this way no matter what, rather than kind of letting yourself free, letting go of that attachment and being like, well, this is where I'm at and let's go with it. um, I think that we think too much. we let our intellect get in the way of things um you know, like when when somebody's talking and you can see that person waiting for them to get done because they've already thought about what they're gonna say, mm-hmm. so they've totally lost the concept of listening to what the person had to say in the first place mm-hmm. um, and i to me i i think I think that's bad because. If if you can just stop, and, and that's where that meditation comes back around again. Because if you can just stop and you can listen, and there might be that awkward pause where you got to think it over before you talk, but that's okay. Um, I think that is where people make a mistake, or or sometimes even just give their opinion when maybe they don't realize that their opinion's not really needed they just needed to be there and to listen and to show that person's not alone. You know, that there, there is somebody there. And that's a big, uh, that's a big part of love. Whenever I taught yoga, I had a yoga studio for five years and my yoga teacher never told me that I was going to be a, kind of like a counselor. I never really saw that part of yoga coming in and so I got to know all these people that would come through the door. And I got to know them each in my own special way. And then when they wouldn't show up, I would be like, "Oh my gosh, where is Jane or where is Carol or, or Joe or Jim or whoever, you know?" And I I don't know, I haven't seen them. They were here last week, you know, and and then you know the next week you'd find out that, you know, Carol lost her husband and just being able to take a moment and not dwell on it, but when that person walked in, recognize and show them that you cared, I noticed it made all the difference in the world for that human being. Even though I, I never knew who their husband were, you know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't meet their other halves, but I think that's why they always came back to my yoga classes because there was this unspoken connection that I cared if they showed up or not and how they were that day. And and I would say that there was a sense of love in that room that, that got passed around. And it can get quite exhausting as myself as the teacher, there were times when I would, maybe that day I didn't have as much of myself to share and I felt bad. So I would pray a lot um before and after class like I'd be on the mat while we were meditating and I would pray to the the God above I would just say you know I need your help today like I can't I can't I don't think I can get through this class on my own you know I got an hour and 45 minutes and I'm ready to take a nap so every time I got through and afterward I would always be like why was I what, why was I so like resistant to getting that class done? That was awesome. And everybody would talk and gather and share and smile and laugh afterward. And that, that grouping together was just really powerful and wonderful to be a part of.
3: Yeah.
0: I think that that, that connection element, um, like you said, it, it doesn't even have to be spoken. You know, I I can I can think of so many times, um, just working with some new guys in recovery or something like that, to where we ain't got to talk about recovery. We ain't got to talk about none of that stuff. We're just gonna sit and maybe watch watch a game or just play some cards or just talk and just. um, It's about making those connections. You know, Um, I remember when uh, when uh, the father who raised me was he was on his, in his last days, you know, and they had hospice called in and, uh, they, uh, he was trying to say, he had some things he wanted to say, and he was trying to say them and he couldn't get them out. He was crying so bad. He couldn't get them out. And he, he finally got him out a, a couple of the things out. And he said, I,
3: I just wish I would have spent more time with the people I love. Um, and, you know, here he is in the last few days of his life, you know, and that's what's
0: important to him, you know, and that had a huge impact on me. The hospice nurse, she said, she, she said I've, I've been by hundreds of bedsides while people take their last breath. And I have never once heard somebody say, I wish I would have worked some more hours or I wish I would have worked on the car some more or I wish I would have painted that house, you know, or I wish I would have done that. They all say that. And that, that had a huge impact on me. I mean, at the time when that was going on, I was working two and three jobs just to try to make bills. And after that I went down to working 40 hours and either we sink or swim, you know, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be there, you know, uh, I want to live life and I want to be a
3: part of people's lives, you know? So, um, yeah, great, great stuff. Um, <laughs> there's, there's some physiological effects.
0: Um, some people call it the science of love.
3: Um, there's a, uh, let me find him here. Found a cool, this was
0: in uh, February 2018 issue of the Harvard Gazette. <clears throat> Richard Schwartz, an associate professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and a consultant to McLean and Massachusetts General Hospitals, says it's never been proven that love makes you physically sick, though it does raise the levels of cortisol, a stress hormone that has been shown to suppress immune function. Love also turns on the neurotransmitter dopamine, which is known to stimulate the brain's pleasure centers. Couple that with a drop in levels of serotonin, which adds a dash of obsession <laughs> and you have the crazy, pleasing, stupefied, urgent love of infatuation. I thought that that was, that was interesting. Cause I, I wanted to try to find something
3: because I, th- three years ago, I, my wife
0: of a very long time decided that she didn't want to be in the marriage anymore. And thank, thank goodness to the, the benefit of meditation and, and seeking counsel from people who have way more peace than I've got. Um, I got through it and I, I, I just wanted, I wished her well. I loved her. I loved her so much. I loved her for a long time, but watching her, her go and do what she had to do, no matter how destructive it was. But the thing I noticed, there was a massive, massive, out here, I was all good, but inside, there was times when I was sick. I was physically sick because of it. Um, not that I necessarily wanted her back or anything like that, but that vacancy that was there after she left, I was sick. Um, I was overeating uh, to you know that immediate gratification. My, uh, I picked up a lot of bad
3: habits. Um, all because of (laughs) what I perceive as lovesick, you know,
0: um, it was gone. I was lonely. I was scared. I was depressed. I'd go out and I would, I would try to smile and Hey, yeah, yeah, no things are going great. And then I'd go home and sit by myself and it's like another tub of ice cream, I guess. Here we go.
3: You know? And, uh, I got sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker and I, I know it's because of the love
0: that I felt for that, for that relationship and then the grieving. And then much like I just said, the, the grieving of, of, of a loved one when they're gone or whatever, you know.
3: Um, so, Colt, when have, have you lost a loved one,
0: whether it be relationship or someone passing away? Um, that you really, really, really cared about? And what did that feel like?
1: Uh, yes, I have. Uh, I was engaged at one point in time to somebody who was not the right fit, which I did not realize until they proved that they were the not, not the right fit for me, uh, which took quite a while to get over with, to get over. I think me being younger, because I was around, I was like 18 at the time, me being younger, it was easier, but harder at the same time. Like, be, I think being younger made it easier to get over it. But when I was going through the separation of the whole thing, it, I think it was a lot harder for me being younger and not... Like, you, you don't realize that it's going to be okay as much as you do when you get older, when you go through more things and you learn more things as you go.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about you, Jesse?
3: Oh yeah. Um, you
4: know, you talked about the grieving process of it all, you know? Um, yeah, I've definitely lost people. Um, I think like really what, what comes to mind is like now I, I fall so in love with what is, you know, in my life period that, um, what's really cool is that like I have this awareness that I go through a grieving process of what is every time something changes. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty crazy. Um, however, I, I, uh, I do, I fall so in love with, with people or life or, you know, I get, I get, um, it's not even necessarily that I get let down easy. It's that I, I, I fall in love like I fall in love with, with my friends, especially, you know, um, the people, uh, that I surround myself with these days. And, um, sometimes when new people come in and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good about being, being vulnerable and letting those people in and giving them my trust. And, uh, sometimes some of those people don't turn out always, like I thought they were right. And then I go through this grieving process and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's quicker than others. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I, I definitely, uh, can relate to, you know, losing relationships that weren't necessarily what I thought they were or, um, yeah. Yeah. I could go into all of that, except for I'm not going to that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a journey in its own
2: thanks yeah. Joe
0: <laughs> well the 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 only reason i I kind of wanted to touch on that part of it uh, besides
3: just being selfish and i I wanted to talk about it for me um, is the fact that it's it's present in everybody's life. That
0: that that loss and and you know love is a really big word and that people really don't. You got to use it sparingly. You know it seems like because if you, I, over the last ten years I've gotten in a habit. I tell my friends I love them, makes them uncomfortable as hell. I hug my friends makes them uncomfortable as hell. Um, it's just me you know and um when i started doing that i don't know like i said about 10 years ago but i started doing it for me because it's what i felt you know and um i'm not going to i'm not going to say any names but there were there was a guy that i'm in a band with and uh when i started jamming with him uh, he he wasn't a huggy guy at the end of practice we bump fists or shake hands or something like that. And, uh, I just grab him and hug him, you know, and uh, chest to chest, man, to man, grab him and hug him, you know, and he squirm and okay. All right. Okay. Oh, you know, and he'd get out of there. And, uh, you know, I've been playing music with him for almost 10 years now. And, uh, he hugs me tighter than anybody does these days, you know, and, and it's a cool thing. And, um, I've got a few friends that, um, you know, when we part ways, I say, Hey, love you, man. And, uh, they'd be like, "Uh, all right, dude, I'll see you later. You know what I mean? And over the years, you know, they, Hey man, you didn't tell me you love me. And, uh, well, I didn't, didn't figure you wanted to hear it. I've said it so many times. You never say it back, you know? And, uh, okay. I'll start saying it from now on. So now they're starting to say it, you know, and it's, um, I don't know if, if it's called if that's what having an impact looks like. Um, but just love is love. You know what I mean? It it can be, it can be like you said, that nourishing feeling, or it can be Colt. You said it, Jesse, you said it, trust. Um, different people call it different things, but it, it, it all boils down to that. (laughs) We all know what it is, but (laughs) you know, um, it's there for all
3: of us. Right. It's vulnerable. It's
4: very vulnerable. Love is very vulnerable. You know, I, uh, I can totally relate to you on, on saying, I love you to all my friends. Like I always say, I love you to all my friends. I have my kids do it now because you know, that's what they, that's what they've seen. They see me and, Mm -hmm. and, and their dad do it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a vulnerable spot to sit in. You said that, um, you know, you, you 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 use it sparingly you know i i did the same thing and and today is like like either love or fear you know and the fear of getting hurt i um i i i practice making love overcome that continuously and it is something that i push to choose into every single day especially in my in my work life you know mm-hmm. like um, yeah, especially in my work life. Um, and I meet tons of new people, so yeah, it's vulnerable. It's very vulnerable. And it's like, I have a very hard time with that word period, you know, cause I have a hard time being vulnerable. Um, but I also know that it's the superpower, you know, and the fact that I get to show that to my kids that I do think the world is screaming for that right now, you know, mm-hmm. um, is love and it's it's definitely a practice,
1: you yeah. know. Joe, did you feel vulnerable when you first started telling your friends that you loved them, or did it just come natural and you were perfectly fine with it? From the beginning? Um, I, I'm I'm I'm
0: I'm I'm trying not to out myself here. I'm part of an organization to where that word's thrown around quite a bit, gotcha. and uh, so carrying but carrying that out into the general public, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but like I said. Uh, It's either love or fear, you know. And as we talked about in the episode, the last episode about fear, I I believe that the only thing that can conquer fear is love, the only thing. So <laughs> something about me is I've been a coward since the, my first memories. I've walked through this world. I'm a coward. I'm scared of everything. And the only way I can get around that is to go out and show as much love as I can, you know. And I don't. I'm not always successful. I, I got to, I got to use yours from now on, Nikki. I got to yell yoga because the stuff I'm yelling is (laughs) not for children's (laughs) ears. But, um, like I always say, you know, if you, if you want to see, you want to see me practice love and patience and all that stuff, you know, watch me go through a death of a loved one or a, or or a divorce or something like that. If you want to see the true scared Joe, watch me untangle Christmas lights, you know, and you'll, you know, I'll I'll curl your hair with some of the words that come out of my mouth. but. I, th- I think that's, for me, that's, it's something I just had to start doing, Colt, you know? And I don't know why I had to, but it's something I had to. And now, I tell everybody I love them. You know, if they don't like it, that's all right, you know? Because uh, they do like it. <laughs> <laughs> they do. That's one thing I've noticed is, tell me, show me one person who hates being told that someone loves them. It doesn't happen. Even if they go, right. ah,
3: no, no,
0: no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that deep down in here. They want to hear it. They want to hear
3: it, you know? Um, so I li- I liked how you talked about Nikki, the, uh, the unspoken stuff. um, do you think that with all the bureaucracy
0: and, and the politics and the insanity going on, those levels, that somebody like one of us four could get involved in politics and make it through with that intact um, and, and make an impact like that? Or do, are we just better off just moving to Montana and making our own little commune and, <laughs> you know, and just being happy?
2: Well. I think there's a big gray area in there, mm-hmm. as is everything in life. So many things are just not black and white. And if you look early on at people that go into politics, when they're young, if you watch them or if you go back in time and, and, and read something they wrote or watch a video they were in, a lot of times they had a lot of, they had a lot of life in them. They had a lot of fire, a lot
3: of heart, and they were going to make a difference. Um, life can really beat you down, mm-hmm. and
2: the older you get, the more I think you start to think, Is this a battle that i I want to fight
3: mm-hmm.
2: or not? And I think that becomes more and more that way as as you get older now for me i I have no desire to be in politics whatsoever in any way, shape, or form mm-hmm. i it's just never been me. It's never lived in me. I've never, my, my father was a stock watcher, uh, politics were running on the news constantly. And as a kid, I just, I would stand there and I'd listen and I'd ask questions and, you know, I know, I know a lot about it, but after a little while, I would just go out to the barn and I'd climb up in the rafters and I'd read a good book and I'd go away somewhere And so the idea of Montana and the mountains doesn't bother me a bit. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, there's always a middle ground. Not everybody's going to run off to Montana. Not everybody's going to be in politics. But, you know, my mother-in-law, she's always like, we just need love. All of us, if we just had love, this would all go away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's funny about that is... I we would always make fun of her and be like, Oh gosh, you know, she's such a hippie from that time. Uh But in essence, I know it's a very simple thought Uh to just need love, but if we did, it would work. It's just a really hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's really hard for people, you know, like we had this, we have this friend that we've known for 17 years and since I've known the guy, he would always tell Randy that he loves him. And Randy just be like, yeah, you too, man. And he'd like kind of knock him in the shoulder or something and shake his hand or do like the weird bro hug thing. And um, in the beginning, he, once I came into Randy's life, he would tell me, you know, oh, I, I just love you. I love you. And I would, I would just be like, yeah, me too. And I wondered if he really loved us or not. Mm -hmm. I was like, does he just say that to everyone Mm -hmm. or does he really love us? You know? And so it really made me wonder about that. And after 17 years, I've learned that this, this friend of ours really does. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: He really does love us and he really, you know, he really does care and he's been there when, you know, when you would think that somebody could run because they don't want to deal with it or whatever. So you know, I think as long as you genuinely love someone and you're able to use it in that that way, I think it's a wonderful thing, but um, definitely not something that you would just want to fly off the seat of your pants and, you know, just tell everybody that you love them all the time, because then it kind of becomes irrelevant. They're like, oh, you know, he loves everybody, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So so it's like, I think that there's a time and a place to say, I love you. And, and I do tell friends that I love them, but I don't tell all of them. I I'm very particular about who would receive such a, such a greeting.
0: Well, I, I don't, I don't want to make people uncomfortable with it, but certain ones I don't mind if it makes them uncomfortable because I know they love it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. The uh the big question, I guess in all of this, is and I guess we'll start with you, Jesse, if 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 if
3: you could sum up love It's a big question.
0: It's a big question.
3: So you want me to sum up love like in your world
0: today. Uh, what does it look I, like? Uh, you you want me to help you out? Here's what it looks oh like. Man. At, here's,
3: what does here's it looks look like? like in
0: my life. Here's what it looks okay. like in my life right now. Yeah. Watching my grandson run up to me with that light in his eyes. Um, laying my head on the pillow at night and just knowing that everything's gonna be okay. Um Talking to my mom every other night whether she wants to or not, and making sure that she doesn't lay her head on the pillow without knowing somebody cares and somebody loves her um, Watching the light come on for in somebody's eyes who thinks that they're unlovable or has lived their life thinking they're unlovable, and sitting there with them and watching that light come on when they finally get it that Maybe I am lovable. Maybe I am worthy of being loved. Uh that's what love looks like for me in my world. What about you, Jesse?
4: That's such is so big. Like I my mind goes all over the place. It really does. Cause I got a lot of love in my life, you know. Um, my love the love in my life right now looks like um you know time with my family we just had this whole big weekend where um the whole family was here and we got to celebrate uh my mother and father in law's 50th wedding anniversary and those two people are love you know like my husband is love it looks like you know spending time with him every chance that I get um love right now in my life looks like the clearest communication with my husband that I've ever had in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it looks like my kids, my kids and the relationships that I get to build with them today, which is, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the relationship that I have with my kids in my life, uh, growing up that, that, that I get to have with them. Mm Um, it looks like I mean, I just want to start naming off things, Joe. It looks like the MeWe house. It looks like my friends. Like, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. Love is plentiful in my life today. Love looks like the journey that I'm on with self, you know, because I know that this is where it starts. It starts with me. And, uh, that's the only way I'm able to give it, you know, and, uh, so yeah, love looks like me in my life right now, you know, and, and loving me right where I am for who I am exactly the way that I stand,
1: you know?
0: That's, yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. What about you, Colt? What's love look like for you today in your world, buddy?
1: Uh, if I had to simplify it, it would be just three things. Love is my wife, love is friends and love is family. That's like, and me investing any time that I can into any of those three things for me is love. Oh. What? So to the point. So crisp.
0: <laughs> Not going to wax philosophical on us or anything. Just gonna I don't, right I don't to the think point.
1: so. I don't think I have anything philosophical to throw in with it. Okay.
0: Okay. I'll just check I like, it. I
1: like it. I like it being simple. Okay.
0: Okay. I can, I can respect <laughs> that. What about you, Nikki? What's, what's love look like in your world today?
1: My
2: husband and my dogs mostly. Um, I really love my husband and my dogs. Rupert, my cat, I love very much, but he he is a grumpy old man. So I have I have <laughs> moments with him, <laughs> but I, but I love him. I love his little furball self.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Um, but I just I honestly like. I mean, obviously, your family is is going to be number one. If it's not, I I feel bad for a person that doesn't have that whatever that is. And family doesn't mean blood. I just mean family, just whoever you spend your most time with and and, and
3: and cared to do that. And with that being said, it's time. I love time. This whole thing
2: that has happened since March has given me more time to be with myself and alone than I've ever had in my entire life. And I love it. I I have had time to create, time to fix, time to learn, time to read, time to stop and like literally see how plants have a male and female situation and how they pollinate and I know that sounds ridiculous to some people but it's time and and it has been such a gift and I don't want it to go away but I realize that you know the wheel must turn and and I gotta go back out there and teach the kids and do all that stuff and you know but i've been I've been really, really in love with my time, and you know the, my dogs are my shadows, they're with me no matter where I'm at every day, and I've become quite attached to them being there since I've been with this time, so I'm a little worried about what August brings mm.
1: Can I actually add one more thing that is love, uh-huh. It's actually Randy Shank's Facebook page. (laughs) Why? If anybody does not follow his Facebook page, they need to. I love his morning pictures.
0: (laughs) His morning coffee pictures? (laughs) Yes. I'll have to edit edit one in here. Wait till you see the newscast I just edited for him last night. Oh, man. Wait till that comes out. Okay, so... Now we're to everybody's favorite part of the show where you guys get to plug shamelessly friends, family, businesses, anything you want, take as long as you want, describe in detail, whatever you want. Um, this is, this is your spot. So I'll start with you, Colt, Mr. Simple and to the point.
1: Right. Biggest thing we've got is cerebral entertainment podcast network. Crusher cast newly added. Uh, Raised on the Radio with me and Patrick Blair and Cerebral Entertainment Podcast with me and James, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, com, all that good stuff.
0: Cool, Simple and
1: to the point. What about there you, you Nikki?
0: What do you got?
2: Um, well, uh, my main website for my clay classes and my weaving classes are com um but i also have like my um fine arts page which is just nicole shanks and it's n i c o l e i know they spell nicole a lot of different ways um and that's just nicoleshanks.com um and i have to say it my husband's bands echo trace which is my top favorite mm-hmm. and then right behind is divide the empire um all great bands uh fun. So thanks for
0: letting me plug. Cool. I think I think Mr. Shanks just peeked in from behind you. Oh, I'm
2: sure he did. <laughs> just,
0: a, just a second ago. <laughs> hey, what about you, Jesse? What do you got going on?
4: Oh my gosh. Um so we are starting a not for profit. Um it's called Mewie Houses Incorporated. And it is uh, a facility where we've actually still got to find the facility. However, uh, it's, we're planning on opening up a facility for women who are pregnant um, and addicted or who are nearly postpartum and addicted, and we're actually going to bring them to our our home um, and give them a different way. Mm -hmm. So um, you can find us on Facebook at Mimi Houses Incorporated. we we're doing all kinds of of uh we're in the grant writing phase right now um so but we're still taking donations and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then um my husband's show just came out tattoos and turnpikes. Um, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can go, uh, to YouTube and subscribe and check out all the the cool episodes. I think we're on episode eight. Now he told me that crazy plan that he had like five, six years ago, that he was going to take his motorcycle out for 21 days and go to you know, get paid to ride his motorcycle and and uh, go to different tattoo shops and bike builders, and uh, it actually came true. It's it's pretty yeah. it's pretty epic. So there's big amazing. stuff going there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. That's that's it. That's it. Nobody I mean, else.
0: wow. You guys are easy. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for putting up with my rambling and stumbling over my words and my crazy notes and. Um, I just really appreciate each and every one of you guys. I love you guys. So be uncomfortable. We,
4: right. We appreciate you. We love you.
0: And we- uh, I'm going to, I would like to have you guys maybe come back for some interviews at some other point. Maybe, maybe.
3: Okay, cool. Think about um, it.
1: We'll think about it. Oh gosh. You're always so difficult. So. So just, just, as long as you book me before you tell me what the topics are, you're fine, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I just get you in before. Yeah. As soon as I told him <laughs>
0: it was love, he was like, Oh wait, I'm busy. I don't want to. talk about But anyways, mm-hmm. I thank you guys so much for, for going on this little ride with me and uh, I love you guys and I'll get all your info and we'll put it all up there on the videos and on, on everything and uh, see if we can't get you guys some more, some more attention. Okay. All All right. right. Love you guys. Thanks. Love you. Thanks, Joe.
4: Bye.